This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 335. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 335. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. It's so sunny in Seattle right now. I mean, it's basically summer. I can't even handle it. It's so great. And last weekend I was up in Calgary or up in Banff, actually. I flew into Calgary and then went up to Banff and it was snowing. So I feel like I've earned the sun. It's really amazing. So I hope it's sunny wherever you are. I hope you're enjoying some beautiful weather and just full on in like spring pre-summer mode. I also, of course, hope that you had a wonderful Mother's Day. Let's get real honest on Mother's Day. Most of us, I think, would agree that our Mother's Day dream is to not mother on Mother's Day. And I remember my first few Mother's Days being so surprised that like, babies and toddlers don't get it. They don't get that they are supposed to be on their best behavior on Mother's Day. And instead, they somehow like the universe conspires to make them be on their worst behavior. So I quickly became very, very privy to the idea that Mother's Day should be about not mothering at all. In fact, you should just not even be around your children. You should basically get a free pass for 24 hours to go do everything else except for mother. But then societally, it's like, you should go have a picnic with the family. And you're like, no, I'd rather like go check myself into a hotel all alone. So 
regardless of which way your Mother's Day went. I hope that you take some time to acknowledge yourself as a mother this week and do something that's just for you. If you got to do that on Mother's Day, awesome. If not, I'm giving you full permission. Here is like an open invitation to go celebrate Mother's Day in a way that is a true celebration for you whenever you want. And I mean, you don't need to do it this week. You could do it like every week. I think this could be a weekly thing. I don't think that you need a specific day designated for this or a specific time of year even. I think it should be on an ongoing basis. But if you feel like you maybe didn't get everything you really wanted on a Mother's Day, like a nap and a pedicure and a you know a glass of champagne, then go do that some other time this week. Take a sick day. Take a personal day. Like You have my blessing to the fullest. So I hope you had a great day. And I hope you continue to celebrate Mother's Day for the rest of the week, the rest of the month, and obviously the rest of the year while I continue to celebrate you and all the great things we get to do because we're mothers and because mothers are innately badasses and superheroes. So before we dive in today to our content, I have two things for you. I have Shameless Mom of the Week coming up in just a minute, a new nominee for Shameless Mom of the Week. But before we do that, I have a special thank you and shout out to a friend of mine who totally hooked us up for Shameless Mom Con, and I wanted to give her a little shameless plug here. So my friend Kate did cookies for Shameless Mom Con. And if you are following along on Instagram or if you go to my Instagram Mom Con highlights, you'll see these awesome cookies that Katie made for us. So I want to give Katie a shout out. And if you're in the Seattle area and you need cookies, Seattle or East Side, Katie is awesome. And she's on Instagram at Katie the Cookie Bee or on her website at katiethecookiebee.com. And so she did cookies branded for Shameless Mom Con, which were adorable. She also does cookies for birthday parties and work celebrations and holidays and like anything you can think of. I swear like every day she has new cookies she puts up on her Instagram for some sort of celebration and they're so adorable. So I know she was doing some the other day for like Teacher Appreciation Day. I've seen her doing from all sorts of birthday events. She's done like unicorn cookies, which I totally had FOMO over whoever got the unicorn cookies. So Katie's awesome. She's so sweet, so fun to work with. And really, I have to say, when I first thought I was going to do Shameless MomCon and I announced it online, she was the first person to reach out to me. And she's like, hey, I want to give you cookies for your event. And she, without even asking for anything in return, she's just like, I'm going to hook you all up. So I love this woman. She's awesome. And I want anyone who's local who needs cookies to go check her out and use her services. She's just a total delight to work with. So again, on Instagram, she's at Katie the Cookie Bee. Her website is katiethecookiebee.com. And that's cookie B B E E. All right. And now Shameless Mom of the Week. Shameless Mom of the Week this week is Ray789. So Shameless Mom of the Week always comes from a review left on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And you can leave a review if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And when you leave that review and let me know how the show has impacted you, you're automatically nominating yourself for Shameless Mom of the Week. So I go in every week and pick one Shameless Mom to win. And this week it's Ray789 who says that the Shameless Mom Academy is the real deal. I've been listening to Sarah's podcast sporadically over the last couple of years whenever I need a refreshing perspective on pursuing my goals in this phase of life. Having just come away from Shameless MomCon, I'm even more impressed with the wisdom and leadership Sarah has to offer. She brings a wealth of inspiring practical advice that is rooted in a lens on bigger social realities that affect moms and women. And Sarah skillfully nurtures her community to be an open, honest, emotionally healthy place to grow. I'm now back to binging on old episodes so I missed so that I can thrive in strategies for taking imperfect action every damn day. I can't recommend this podcast or Sarah's accompanying support enough. 
So thank you so much, Ray789. I love that. I really, really love to hear the impact that the show has had on you. And I love that you are using the show as a way to take strategic action steps toward imperfect action. That is exactly what I want everyone to be doing. That is why we're here. We are here to take imperfect action every damn day. And it's those little imperfect actions that really, really helped shift our lives in big ways over time. And we talked about that a ton at Shameless MomCon, really just showing up, taking imperfect action and seeing what the next right step is. And as you do that, what ends up happening, which I think is the coolest thing, is massive shifts in your identity. And you start to wrap your identity around new ideas and thoughts and new kind of streams of consciousness that really shift who you are and the impact that you can have in the world. And it's really, really magical to see. And we saw that over and over again at Shameless MomCon. The Shameless MomCon waitlist for 2020 is up and live. So if you want to get on that waitlist, I'll be announcing dates soon. I'm negotiating right now on dates with the hotel and just kind of checking out their availability for spaces that will hold us. But it'll be next spring sometime. So go over to shamelessmom.com forward slash momcon and you can get on the waitlist. And so definitely go pop on there. It doesn't commit you to anything. It just makes sure that you'll get notifications as soon as we have ticket information and dates available. So you want to pop over there and do that at shamelessmom.com forward slash momcon. All right. And now our content for today, I want to talk about ways to rise up in work and in life. So this conversation was inspired or this topic was inspired by some conversations that have been happening over in Momentum Mamas and over in our free Facebook community on our Shameless Mom Every Damn Day page. And so what I've noticed over time is that there's a lot of moms in our community who are pretty dissatisfied at work. And it's not just like I'm not super into my job, but some of it is even more along the lines of the integrity of my company is not in line with my core values or the integrity of my company is not in line with their own core values. Like this company does not live up to their own mission statement. And I don't think I can stick around and support this anymore. It feels unethical. It feels dirty. It feels inappropriate. And it's not what I stand for. And so seeing this come up repeatedly, I was like, well, let's talk about this because I have definitely been in this situation and it does not feel good. And it's funny because I started thinking back and I was like, oh my gosh, is this why I like went into business for myself? Because pretty much every situation where I've been employed by someone else, I have gotten to the point of feeling like the company was out of integrity with their core values and their mission statement. But I was like, wait, is this just how it is? (laughs) I hadn't really noticed it till I started really thinking through my line of employment. And I was like, yep, hospital job, not in integrity with its mission statement. Hmm. Worked in a public school for a while. The teacher ended up getting fired because she was super not in integrity with the special ed students that we were serving. And then I was thinking about one of my gym jobs and those owners super not in integrity with their core values or their mission statement. And all those situations, I ended up leaving and getting really clear on like, I can't stay in this place where these people They're not serving their clients, their patients, their customers in high integrity, and they're not living up to their core values that they wrote themselves. What? That's not okay. And what I recognized over time is that this happens a lot. Like It's the norm more than it's not, which is pretty disturbing. And so I know a lot of you are thinking that this is something you've experienced as well and that you're familiar with. And one of the things that I've been really, really conscientious of in building three businesses now is 
making sure that I know what our mission statement is, I know what our core values are, and I know how we support them, how we stay in high integrity, all those kinds of things. Also recognizing that like sometimes you mess up and that is not the end of the world, but you have to really own that and say like, wow, like we slipped here and here's what we're doing to fix it. Because I don't think that anyone is ever like, completely clean. I think that people make mistakes. Absolutely. I think that people get distracted by goals, get distracted by shiny objects. And sometimes it is easy for you to lose sight sometimes of exactly what keeps you in high integrity or you know how to stay in total alignment with your core values at all times. So I don't think that this needs to be perfect. But I do think that companies need to stand behind what they say they stand for. And I think that we need to own it when we screw up. And I've really, really worked to do that. And it's ridiculously uncomfortable to do that when you screw up. And it also is a great opportunity to prove your integrity and your own personal values to the people who are watching. And you guys have seen me do this before. I've done this when I've screwed up in the Shameless Mom Academy and maybe said something that didn't come off right, maybe made a choice that you know was offensive to someone else. I've totally owned it and like gotten on Facebook Live and been like, oh my gosh, this is what I did. Here's what I was thinking. I totally see how this was not the right choice or how this was misunderstood or how I made just a really bad call. And here's what I'm doing about it. Because I think when we own those things, it positions us as a leader. It positions us as someone who's willing to learn and grow through these kind of growing pains. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So what I want you to think about as we're talking through this today, I want you to think about how you can rise up when you're in these situations where you recognize that things are happening around you that are not in alignment with your core values or the core values of the organization, institution, company, whatever that you are working within. And this might be in a job situation. It might be in a volunteer situation. It might be in your kid's school. It might be in your family, like your family's an organization And your family probably, whether or not you've specifically designated this, your family probably has some core values, right? You probably, without having written it down, kind of have a mission statement for your family. Like, you know what you stand for, you know what your core beliefs are, what your core values are, even if you haven't put them down pen to paper. And so recognizing that will and really knowing what those things are is going to help you rise up. It's going to help you rise up in your life. It's going to help you rise up in your work and organizations that you're connected to. And so I want you to start thinking through seven different ways to rise up when you feel like things are not in integrity, when you feel like there's a conflict of interest, when you feel like you really can't get behind what someone else is feeding you, or maybe you can't get behind what you're doing yourself where you're like, wow, I just realized that like I am no longer working in my own core values. And maybe that's been happening for a while. And you have this like realization that this doesn't feel good. This is not the direction you want to be heading. So here's seven ways that you can really push yourself, challenge yourself to rise up and make better choices stand in integrity in terms of who you are as a person and stand in integrity with your own core values, whatever those might be. So number one is to position yourself as a leader. So I did this thing at Shameless MomCon that I think freaked some people out. I put on everyone's name badge, I put a little sticker or a little ribbon under the name tag that said leader. And I didn't tell anyone what it was for. And so when we gave out name tags the night before the event at registration, I was like, some of these people are going to be super freaked out. They're going to be like, wait, I'm a leader. Like, what do I have to lead? Do I have to lead a roundtable discussion? Like, what does this mean? This is terrifying. So the next morning when we all got together for day one of Shameless MomCon, I was like, did anyone panic because their name tag said leader on it? And there was a few hands for sure. So here's the thing. I wanted everyone coming into that event to position themselves as a leader, a leader of their life, whatever that might be. It might be a leader in your family. It might be a leader in your profession. It might be a leader in a volunteer situation. You're a leader in a lot of ways, whether you choose to embrace that or not. And my goal for you is that you would choose to embrace that because that is how you rise up. No matter how low you are on the totem pole at work, no matter how low you are in like your family dynamics, you might be the youngest of six children who is basically just like bamboozled into everything because you have all these older siblings who've always, you know, like paved the way for you or just told you what to do and you've just been expected to follow them. Position yourself as a leader in every situation and really learn how to do that. And so I think that we can do that by first of all, internalizing this label, internalizing the title of leader. I think we can also do that by acknowledging that we're a leader in different spaces. 
and doing that in a verbal way. So I know one of our shameless moms at Shameless Mom Con talked about how she really wants to go for this promotion and it's a high up leadership position at her job. And so she said when she's in meetings at work right now, she frequently will refer her to herself as a leader in the organization. And she'll say, hey, you know, as a leader in this organization, here's what I'm thinking about this. Or as a leader in this organization, I have concerns about A, B, and C. And so she says this out loud for others to recognize her as a leader and for her to really get strong and firm in that own self belief and self-worth around her leadership ability. And this is something she's really been working on in 2019. And she's been seeing how it's really started to shift her identity and where she wants to go in leadership in the next year, which is really, really cool to see. So the first thing you can do is just position yourself as a leader by labeling yourself as a leader. You are a leader already, regardless of whether or not you choose to embrace that. So I'm going to encourage you to embrace it because it will help you start to shift things. Number two is to unapologetically own your strengths and your gifts and your zone of genius. So I want you to get really clear on what you're good at. Take Myers-Briggs, take strength finders, take different personality tests to know and understand what you're good at, what your strengths are, what your gifts are, and work to those. And number three for how to rise up is to unapologetically own what you suck at. And so recognize also, like, I'm really bad at these other things. And when you can recognize what you're good at and what you're bad at, then you create space for yourself to rise up in your strengths, create opportunities for yourself in your strengths, go after the things at work and at home that speak to your strengths. And when you recognize the stuff that you suck at innately, there's innately things that you were just not going to be good at. And that's okay. For me, it's like technology, printers, scanners, like software. Oh my gosh, don't make me learn that stuff. I'm really bad at it. But put me on a stage in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people, and like nothing brings me more joy. That's very unique. Most people would much rather learn how to use a printer than get on a stage in front of people, right? Not me. Not me. Do not make me learn how to use a printer. Like there's nothing I despise more. So knowing what you are good at so that you can position yourself to rise up in those areas of your life and knowing what you really suck at, what you're just innately not gifted at so that you are not trying to rise up in those areas. Because here's the thing, when you can own what you suck at and just recognize like, I'm not going to push myself to excel in those areas, you automatically create space for you to have more time to own your strengths and more time to work into your strengths. So I'm not saying that like sometimes you're not going to have to do things you're not good at. Like that's going to happen. Sometimes you will have to do stuff that you suck at. You'll have to figure it out and it will be hard and it will be annoying. But when you unapologetically own what you aren't great at, you automatically position yourself for the opposite. You automatically position yourself for the areas that you are qualified in. So you have to know what those things are on both ends of the spectrum. Know your gifts and know your not gifts. Know the things that you are really bad at. Number four, know what you stand for. Know what your core values are. So I've been getting really clear on a lot of core values, especially in the last couple of years and in this current political scene. I mean, I'm someone who's always been pretty opinionated about things, but it's gotten more and more clear to me around who I'm willing to spend time with, what kinds of communities I'm willing to ingratiate myself into. Like, I'm really not interested in spending a ton of time in communities that are built for white men by white men. Just no, done. Like, I've been there. I've done it. I've learned a lot. I've seen a lot. Some of it's pretty gross. Some of it was high value. I'm grateful for that. But that's not where I need to be spending my time right now. I don't need to learn from rich white men, how to do business, how to build business. And trust me, there's plenty of opportunities for me to learn from rich white men on how to build business. And I intentionally am like, no, that's not who I want to learn from. 
like I don't need to learn from someone who has always been in a position of privilege just by being born a white male. I would actually much rather learn from people who have had struggles, who have overcome them, who have used their struggles to elevate their business, to elevate their life, to elevate what they're capable of. That is really what I think power is all about. And that is what I really think change and growth and evolution is all about. And that's really important to me. So that's what I stand for. When I decide who I'm going to spend time with, I'm deciding to spend time with diverse populations of women who have overcome hardship, who have overcome trauma, who are ready to take charge, who are ready to lead, who are ready to really step into their innate gifts, who are ready to be loud and proud, who stand for women, who stand for women's reproductive rights, who stand for children, who stand for marginalized communities, all these kinds of things. I'm really, really clear on that. And I make choices based on that, knowing that that's what I stand for. So if I go into an organization and I'm like, oh, interesting, this is like all white men seated at the table. We need to have a conversation about that. Like, I'm not going to go speak in an organization with that dynamic or situation without addressing that that's the dynamic and that's the situation. And I actually was just in a situation recently where I was able to address that and to say, I was in a group of colleagues and I was saying in a group of colleagues where we had all been connected years ago and kind of some of us reconnected recently. And I was able to say to them, yeah, like I needed to leave that old situation that we were in because I didn't need to be like in the old white bro club. It was really gross. And especially after I had a child, it felt very out of touch and very inappropriate for me as a woman to be in that group. And so I had some really open conversations with people about that in a recent situation. And it was really great. And I think it was eye-opening for everyone. We recognized that we were on the same page about a lot of things that we'd never spoken about before. And I think it made us all a little more thoughtful about the communities we want to put ourselves in moving forward. So it's really powerful when you know that that's what you stand for and you're clear on that and you can speak openly to it. Number five is to know what you don't stand for. So, I mean, that's the counterpart of what you do stand for. So I have mentioned what I don't stand for. I don't stand for big communities of white men leading. <laughs> like That's just not my jam. <laughs> Pretty clear about that. I know what I stand for. I know what I don't stand for. And this can look like a lot of different things. It might be that I don't stand for screen time every day in my household of a leader of my household organization. So this works in so many different dynamics. It's not just about you know, the bigger cultural or gender gaps and racial gaps and all that kind of thing. It can be what you stand for and what you don't stand for at home. Like in our household, we don't stand for video games right now. When we do stand for video games at some point, I'm going to be real clear on what I stand for and what I don't stand for with video games. We don't stand for Nerf guns. Like that's pretty controversial with a six and a half year old boy. We don't have Nerf guns in our house. Like, I mean, maybe someday we will, but like right now we just don't stand for that. So there's things in our household organization where we know what we stand for and what we don't. We stand for talking to people a certain way, treating people a certain way, having conversations about people, about friendships, about people who are different than us. That's what we stand for. We don't stand for only seeking out people who are the same as us or who are similarly abled to us. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove Remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. We don't stand for violence or mimicking violence. So there's a lot of things that we're pretty clear on in our household around this as well. Number six, how to rise up is to know the difference between tattling and documenting or reporting. So this is pretty specific to a work environment, but I think it's really important when you position yourself as a leader, you have to know how to document what's going on around you and how to keep track of these things. Because here's the thing, I have left multiple job situations because of inappropriate boundaries, inappropriate behavior, and I have had no qualms about going to the leaders of the organizations when I leave to say like, just an FYI, thanks for the opportunity here. I learned a ton. And also here's some things that were happening that you should have on file. And in one instance, that ended up getting someone and it wasn't just completely my documentation, but that was a stepping stone to getting someone fired who was having an inappropriate relationship with a student. It was a teacher who got fired for having an inappropriate relationship with a student. And I was part of the paper trail that led to that firing. When I left that job, feeling like it was a really awful fit, feeling like I could not serve this community well at all because of the teacher I was partnered with, I said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the job in the middle of the school year, which is like not looked well upon. But I said, I can't work in this environment. She's making it actually really physically unsafe. I'm getting threats that I'm going to be beaten up by these kids because of the way that this woman is 
triggering them. And I was a behavior intervention specialist and I couldn't do behavior intervention because she was escalating these kids so extremely that they were like getting violent on me and I was not able to physically manage it. It was definitely not safe for me. And this woman was like very poor insight into her behavior. So I left that job middle of the school year. Again, not looked kindly upon. I talked to the vice principal about some of the things that were going on. He had some ideas. And then I also wrote a letter and I was just like, just, I want this like on paper. So you have this documentation. And sure enough, a couple months later, she ended up getting fired because enough people had seen things, said things, done things. And they pulled her out of that environment, recognizing this wasn't safe. This wasn't appropriate. So the importance of documenting is that you want to help organizations stand in their core values. Like I'm going to assume that you are entering an organization, a company, what have you, because you believe in their core values and you believe in their mission statement. So if you call them out and say like, this is happening and this is not in alignment with your core values, you're only supporting the organization. This is not about tattling and someone needs to do that. So you're doing them a service and saying in speaking up as well as you're positioning yourself as a high integrity person saying like as a leader in this organization, I feel really uncomfortable just sitting by idly watching this happen because this is not who we are. This is not what we stand for. This is not what any of us signed on for in this work environment. So being really okay with reporting and documenting, and that's not tattling. And this came up in the Momentum Mamas Facebook group where people are saying like, I don't want to feel like I'm tattling on people. You can do this in a way that is very elevated from tattling, where it truly is documenting and reporting because from an HR perspective, paper trails are really important. I've done this in multiple jobs and it's been really crucial. I did it in another job around a gender pay gap that was highly unethical and inappropriate. And again, it caused a big conversation. My job was threatened when I brought this up. And what ended up happening with that, my job became threatened. And I was like, okay, noted. Noted that when I call out sexism in the workplace, you are threatening me with the loss of my job. Noted. So you can be sure that I used that job for what I needed it for, for a specific amount of time. And then I moved on. And when I moved on, I was really clear with HR around this is why I'm moving on because this is what's happening here. And you are choosing to not acknowledge that. And here is a document stating such. So being really clear around those things as well. And number seven, be humble and gracious while standing in your power. So here's the thing. A lot of times when we stand in leadership, we also shrink in our words. So we think we're going to stand up in leadership and we're going to make a statement like, oh, I just wanted to point out this and this and this. And we shrink in the way we say it. I just wanted to say, if you don't mind, I'm sorry, but could I just have a minute of your time to let everyone know that I don't really feel comfortable with this? I mean, if you all think that's okay. And this is the kind of like language that we use, the tone that we use, where we really do shrink in our power. And when the opposite of that would be to say, as a leader in this organization, I feel uncomfortable with what's happening. I want to support our mission. I want to support our values. I want to support our clients, our patients, our customers. And I feel like this needs to be said. And I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. I appreciate you taking the time to address this as an organization. I think it's really crucial. So I think that you can be humble and gracious in the way you present. 
And that can elevate your power and add to your power as a leader rather than shrinking. And a lot of times when we say thank you or we acknowledge someone for hearing us, we shrink. And we say like, oh, I just wanted to let you know. And thank you so much. I, like, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And we use this vernacular and this tone of voice that makes us seem really little rather than being really firm and really conscientious around our tone to say, I appreciate you. This was a great conversation. Let's work harder on this. Let's keep going to like really use our big voices, our big body language to take up space, to stand in our power and to really own like, yes, I appreciate you. And also this is necessary. Not like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Not little girl voices, not little girl words, not little girl power, big girl power, big woman power, like taking up space with our voice, taking up space with our tone so that we're positioning ourselves really to own the leadership in that space and to own what we're saying, to own our core values, to own the values and the mission statement of a company or an organization and be really, really clear on that. So I think you need to be humble and gracious, but do it in a way that is not shrinking. It can really go either way. And I see women oftentimes shrink in being humble and shrink in their gratitude rather than growing in their gratitude and growing with the way that they speak. And especially when they're speaking around desire for change or desire for a need to report something. So again, seven ways to rise up in life and work, position yourself as a leader, unapologetically own your strengths, your gifts, and your zone of genius, unapologetically own what you suck at, know what you stand for, know what you don't stand for, know the difference between tattling and documenting and reporting, be humble and gracious while standing in your power. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you took some notes. If you are in a situation where you feel like core values are being compromised, you have the right to say something and you will be stronger and more perceived as a leader to yourself and to others if you do speak up. So I highly encourage you to speak up. I highly encourage you to own your power, own your leadership skills, and really work on honing those. There's a lot of opportunities to do that that we don't always take advantage of. So here's to rising up in leadership in all areas of your life. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.